board. Okay, baby entrepreneur versus embodied CEO. And I also want you to note that even as I teach this, and I did a post about this, I made a joke. I was like, I'm 20% baby and 80% embodied, okay? We're all going to be a percentage, or we're all going to fall into patterns time to time. Let's look at the baby entrepreneur. For me, the baby entrepreneur is the entrepreneur stuck in the blame game. It's everyone else but their fault, the results they're getting. Getting stuck in comparisonitis. This person got this far, and I only got this far in this amount of years. That means there's something wrong with me. Constantly criticizing other people, holding others to higher standards than they hold themselves. Oh, I wouldn't do that. If I had the money that they have, I wouldn't do that. Have you had the amount of money they have? Are you perfect? You know, we get people all the time being like, well, I wouldn't have been dishonest. And then I always look and I'm like, have you ever lied in your life? And everyone's always got to say yes, right? So baby entrepreneur is where we feel more comfortable almost on a high horse, right? Instead of giving people grace, instead of practicing compassion. Victim to circumstances, always searching for what's wrong, entitlement permeable boundaries, people-pleasing, short-term dopamine hits, looks for external validation, doubts every decision, stuck in spirals of doubt, problem-focused, needs a map, needs to be right. I'm going to break these all down for you guys as we go through, but let's just look at the flip side before we even get into that. Instead of blame and comparisonitis, when triggered, they go into self-inquiry. That's what we've been talking about. Instead of holding other people to higher standards than themselves and constantly criticizing others, understanding, compassion, giving people grace. Giving people grace is one of the most mature things that we can learn to do. And we can't confuse giving people grace for people pleasing or letting people, you know, stomp all over us. There is a middle ground, but there is definitely a place for giving people grace. And I'll talk about this. Instead of victim to circumstances, we're the empowered creator of our life, right? Instead of searching for what's wrong, we search for what's right. Instead of giving up when we don't get easy results, there's a level of staying power. Instead of entitlement, which is, you know, I invested in this, I deserve these results, or, you know, my expectation is I did this degree, therefore I should have this job. It's, it's responsibility for your life, Right. Instead of permeable boundaries, there's clear codes of conduct in their space, right? People pleasing, na na na, impression of increase. We talked about the impression of increase in the energetic accelerator. What does that mean? Leaving people with increase, but it doesn't mean appeasing people. It means being someone who is a source of good and giving in the world, but it doesn't mean being a pushover, okay? So can we see the law of increases embodied CEO? Appeasing and people pleasing is baby entrepreneur. This is really interesting in business, right? Needs short-term dopamine hits. This can be a big sabotage in business, you know? I don't want to pivot my business even though it's unsustainable because I don't want to experience a drop in cash, right? Or I'm going to sign this completely unaligned client because I want the cash now, right? Even though I know that in six months we're going to have a problem, okay? Searching for the dopamine hit versus long game, right? 
I'm unwilling to be in debt now because that creates uncomfortability for me, even though that would lead to the business of my dreams and more wealth that I can imagine in whatever years it takes. Long game, long thinking, right? Baby entrepreneurs searching externally for validation. So many entrepreneurs do that, right? They outsource their truth. They go on social media and they see someone's got a belief system in their post and they go, oh, that must be true, right? Embodied CEO, self-trust is built. Let me give you an example about this. You guys know that when I was in Dubai, I had breakfast with a nine-figure entrepreneur. And he said things that for me are not true and I don't choose to believe. There are his belief systems that worked for him. I don't need to make him wrong, right? But when I really sat with the conversations, there were some things that I thought to myself, oh, that's not true for me. This does not mean that I have to villainize him. This does not mean, right, that I have to villainize him. He's entitled to being in his opinions, and I'm entitled to not take all of his opinions on board. And there's no malice in that. It just is what it is. Hi, Daniela. Okay. So internally led instead of externally pulled astray. That's a maturation of the CEO, right? Doubts every decision. Poor decision maker. That's baby entrepreneur. Takes six months to make a choice. Lives in indecision. Worries why they're not getting ahead. Okay? The embodied CEO makes decisions. Why? Because the embodied CEO doesn't mind if they're right or wrong because they know that whatever the circumstance that comes, they'll be able to deal with it. We talked about this, so feeling and moving and trusting their gut and going with it. The embodied CEO has got huge servings of, of faith. A belief system that everything's always working out for them. The baby entrepreneur is spiraling in doubt. Baby entrepreneur, problem focused, embodied CEO, solution orientated. Baby entrepreneur needs a map, embodied CEO, understands the map is in within you, right? Baby entrepreneur needs to be right, right? I believe this thing and anyone else that doesn't believe this thing is wrong. And I can't be friends and I can't have clients with and I can't have a coach that has different belief systems to me. That's baby entrepreneur. And I wrote a post speaking about this. I've got two coaches of which have different opinions to me in various things. But maturity is able being able to see their opinions, right? And putting it through a filter is, is this true for me? I'll take what is my gold and I'll leave what is not. So the embodied CEO knows that there's multiple truths. They don't have to have the one singular right truth and be right. Uh, Daniela says, hi, Hannah, just caught up on the past two sessions and wow, they were so incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm Glad that you think that. I really feel, and I've said this to Tam, and I said this on the free event, not everyone when they hear, oh, I'm going to do a leadership training is excited by leadership because they don't understand that leadership is the key to manifesting the reality that they, will want, that they want. 
So I know that what I teach in the Embodied CEO, for some of you guys, it's going to land now and you're going to be like, I fucking love this. And for some of you, you're going to face a situation in a year and you're going to think about this training and you're going to be so fucking grateful because on many levels, it doesn't make sense to do the embodied CEO in the school of IH because the embodied CEO is actually a mastermind level training. It's a mastermind level training. It just is. But the conversations that Tam and I have are like, we want to equip you and we want to prepare you for the most incredible success that lasts your whole life. Hence the embodied CEO. Daniela says, I did the processes yesterday and had some massive realizations during both of them. I feel like it was easier to open up about some things because I'm back with my mom. There's been so much healing done here. Yeah, I love that for you, Daniela. And sometimes, you know, it's really those rocky moments in our life where we get to do most of the healer work, right? And actually, now I'm looking back on my last six months and my first six months of the year, which I've, you know, very openly said, I found lots of points very challenging. I'm like, oh, I was just growing my embodied CEO muscle. And that's why I'm teaching this. Okay. That is why I'm teaching this. So know that sometimes those moments of waves that feel icky. I wrote a post on this as well about, you know, turbulence. We're like, I just want the turbulence to end. But actually during the turbulence, if we allow it to be what it is, that's where we learn and grow most. And that's what takes us to the quantum leap and the quantum level. But if we spend the turbulence going, I don't like this, this is not fair, baby coach energy, right? or baby entrepreneur energy, we miss the healing, we miss the gold. So I love that for you, Daniela. Thank you so much for sharing that, okay? So I've just done like an overview, a bird's eye view, and let's now go into the different kind of different main, um, let's call them paths of evolution in the embodied CEO. But before I go on to that, I want you to look at this graph. Okay, and I hope you find this funny because I was having a little chuckle to myself. This is the most accurate graph that I can give you guys about your journey to becoming the embodied CEO. This has been my journey. Oh, I'm doing better. Oh, I fucked up again. Oh, I'm doing better. Oh, I blamed someone. Oh, I'm doing better. Oh, fuck, I'm a baby. You know, like it really, it really does look like this. And I want to really just debunk this myth of growth that it's going to look like this. Okay, because it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And we can be in a consistent line of growth, right? Just by holding the notion, everything is always taking me to what I want. That was a piece of gold, by the way, right? Everything is always taking me to what I want. But externally, it might look like this. And so the reason that I say this is give yourselves grace. You know, it's not about being like, oh, I noticed a baby characteristic or trait. I'm such a bad human. Why even try? Let's not go there with our brains. It's oh, I just noticed that I went into a trait that's not serving me in my evolution. Wow, I am such a fucking badass for noticing that. What's next for me? How can I step more into the embodied CEO? This is meant to be a framework that is supportive towards your growth, right? Not a framework used to judge yourself. Very different. This is funny. It does feel accurate. I'm somewhere in there. Yesterday, I was definitely triggered by someone's IG. And this self-inquiry bit really landed with me. Ah, thank you so much, Daniela, for bringing that. Thank you so much. Because for me, right, maturity isn't about how much you've got in your bank account. It's this shit. Was I able to see someone's IG, right, and inquire in me 
instead of putting the devil on their face. You know, it's interesting. When I started my business journey, there were people on social media that were very highly successful, very highly successful women. And they used to trigger the bejesus out of me. And there were times in my life where I didn't self-inquiry. I just thought they were too powerful, too arrogant, too confident, right? Until I realized actually they were displaying something that I disowned in myself, right? I was jealous of their confidence. I was jealous of their ability to bring their opinions to the table. I was jealous of their self-expression, right? And I missed that for a really, really long time. So this is big, big work. It really, really is. Okay. Your triggers are going to be your medicine. If we're able to look at them, your triggers are going to be your medicine. And it's like what Byron Katie says, like, don't trust the shit in your head because half the things that we tell ourselves are not true, but more so than that, they're not useful. Is it useful for us to hate someone on social media? You know, and here's a piece that I want to say on this before we even go into this. We've kind of been brought up in a society where we're conditioned that women should be small and meek. Whether we believe this consciously or not, this is the, the type of women that we've been conditioned to good are the Mother Teresas of the world, right? And so it can feel like a big, like when we suddenly see these big, bold, confident, expanded women, right? It can, it can, really, it can really trigger us if we've not come to terms with those parts of ourselves right? We're used to seeing men on private jet. We're used to seeing multi-millionaire men. And now it's the rise of the women as well. And a lot of us have an inner conflict around that, okay? Hence why, you know, as of late in, in some of the female-led industries has been similar to, to, to a witch hunt. It kind of goes into our DNA. I'm not going to get into that for now, okay? But this is the graph, baby entrepreneur to embodied CEO, so let's look at this. And this is exactly what you said, Daniela. Blame versus self-inquiry. Yeah, Daniela says, for me, it's when I see women super sexual and naked on IG. So it's been interesting to look within. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Where am I not owning my sexuality? Where am I not owning my nudity? And it doesn't mean that you now have to go on IG and get naked. It's an inner thing. It's not about external expression. But let's look at this, okay? So blame versus self-inquiry, and I've been really banging on about this all week, okay? There's someone on Instagram that's living the life that you want. They have a super loving partner, pretty much your dream house. They have a big audience, and they seem to be killing it in business, right? It looks easy from the outside. You just see that they've got everything that you want, and you're a place in your life where you don't feel like you've got even 5% of what you want, okay? Baby? When I see, because this is what happens, okay? Understand this, because this is a human behavior process. I see that person and I feel a bad feeling, okay? Now, instead of inquiring, what is that bad feeling? I'm gonna put that person on IG's face on the feeling. This is what we do. When we don't own our feelings, we put someone else's face on the feeling and we say, you made me feel this way. But when we've done emotions and embodiment in the school, what do we know? No one can make you feel any way. You are 100% responsible for your feelings. And again, we don't want to take this to the exaggeration of you can just go punch someone in the face and say, your fault, you've got a bad feeling. Like there is a greater context to the conversation. But someone posting, right, about their life on Instagram has got nothing to do with you. So if we're saying they made me feel this way, we're not owning the bad feeling, okay? 
the baby entrepreneur, and this is how the human being works, right? I saw this person on IG, I had a bad feeling, I put their face on my bad feeling. And then what happens, right? What do we know on a physiological level happens when we have a insecure feeling? Our brain then thinks of insecure stories, right? Our thoughts are always in alignment to the frequency that we're feeling. So your mind is going to go wild. It's going to intensify the feeling, right? Okay. So let's say you have the feeling of, um, let's say the feeling is sad. Okay. You, you're feeling sad. So you're going to start having more sad thoughts. You're going to start thinking about how and why they're bad for making you feel sad. And then this can really snowball into you've created this whole fucking drama in your head, right, about this person. And it's got nothing to do with reality or who they even are. Now, sometimes if our baby entrepreneur has got a Scorpio tail <laughs> and recognize this in yourself, OK, because this is a genuine human thing. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's probably because you just had parents that did this. OK, sometimes this expands to I had a bad feeling and now I want them to feel bad. Notice, notice this in yourself. OK, because this is a thing. I feel bad. I feel bad in my life. I want this person to feel bad. And sometimes that can lead to unconscious behavior, like, I don't know, putting a horrible comment on someone's Instagram stream or giving someone a backsided compliment or it's a thing. Okay. This would be our baby archetype being in this situation. Now let's look at the embodied CEO. The embodied CEO goes just like Daniela did. Oh, I feel bad when I see that person. I wonder what that uh, feeling is. I wonder what if my I wonder if what my brain is telling me is a useful or b true. Okay, so let's go to that feeling. I'm feeling in my body what I'm feeling, huh? When I see that person, I feel inferior. Oh, I don't like feeling inferior. What's my response? To feeling inferior oh my god I've got to make that person inferior so I can feel superior because I don't like it when I feel inferior I hate feeling inferior so I've got to make them inferior and make myself superior so you see people do this with morality okay that person's got a lot of money my brain tells me I'm inferior because I've got less money this feels horrible oh my automatic is I'm going to make them wrong and bad for having money so I can now feel superior right the embodied CEO notices I feel inferior. This is touching my insecurity. Oh, my reaction, okay, unconscious reaction is to make them bad so I can feel good. Let me do an inner child on that. When did I feel inferior in my childhood? Oh my God, I just had a memory of when I felt powerlessness. And, and that's so scary to me. Oh my God, let me be with that. What did my inner child need? My inner child just needed to be loved. Fuck, if I love my inner child, what happens? Oh, it's shocking. I no longer need to shit on that person's dreams. Do you see? Do you see what happens when we go from blame to self-inquiry? Yeah. What's come through for me is that it's showing me places where I'm not showing up vulnerably and authentically as me. And since I was conditioned sexually and nudity is very vulnerable, bad and wrong, even though it's not, it can be art. Yes, 100% you nailed it. Looking down on them because they live like this just because I was taught that way, even though there is a trigger, I know it's not true. Yeah. And guys, this is really big work. I'm just giving you one example of blame versus self-inquiry, but run with this. 
like I said, you've got 30 days to run with these, these concepts. So you've got the rest of your life actually to run with these concepts. But notice when you're going into baby and say, oh, I just fell into baby. No problem. Okay. Now I can jump into embodied CEO, right? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So here is another one that I want us to really speak to. And I'm going to whip through these fast because you guys have got lots of time to study this, but I want to make sure that you've got this. Okay. I've just realized I messed up that sentence. And yes, you got it there. Okay, amazing. Okay, so this is a really interesting one. Let's talk about, and this is princess versus queen energy. It, it just really is, okay? Constant critic, nothing's good enough. I can even notice a P under a trillion mattresses. And that's not standards, okay? That's constant critic versus grace and compassion. And grace and compassion and seeing the best in everybody, that's queen energy, right? So let me give you an example, and we're going to unpick this more, okay? There's a new manager at your favorite restaurant. And you go to this restaurant all the fucking time. It's like down the road, and you love it because you can go, and you can do your work there, and you're friends with all the staff, and you just love it. Anyway, there's a new manager, and it's his first week, right? And it's clear that he's making changes. It's also clear he's stressed because it's his first week and he wants to do really well, okay? He's changed the menu. And you used to love the pea soup. I don't know why I use pea soup as an example, guys. I don't know how many people love pea soup. But anyway, you in this example love the pea soup. But it's now gazpacho, which is a Spanish cold soup. And you don't know if you like Spanish food. It's your nearest restaurant and you just wanted to eat your pea soup. And now you're kind of pissed off that things have changed. It's a normal reaction to change in the human being to be pissed off. But let's put it through the lens of the baby and the lens of the embodied CEO, right? The baby feels entitled. I'm entitled to my pea soup, right? I've been giving my money to this restaurant for the last 10 years. So they go straight to the manager, even if it's the manager's first week, and gives them a piece of their mind. Says all sorts of things. Bring back the old manager. These changes are shit. Spends the next week bitching to their friends about the new manager. Telling anyone that will listen all the different things that they would do if they were managing a restaurant feel spiteful because they've got that little whippy Scorpio tail. So they go online and they write terrible reviews about this new manager. Maybe they plan a boycott. They feel entitled to their emotional response because they're just expressing themselves, <laughs> right? And they've given money to the, to the restaurant for years. We've kind of been educated that this behavior is okay. We live in a world where it's normal for people to troll people on social media. Some of us have grown up in environments, me, hand up, where constant criticism is normal and accepted. It's part of like being character building and holding standards. Holding standards is not constant criticism, okay? 
Note, if you're someone that's constantly criticizing, you're gonna attract more to criticize. What's the difference between the embodied CEO and the baby that sees this? The embodied CEO goes, oh, I feel really sad that this has changed and I honor my disappointment and my sadness around this change, right? And you guys might think this is a bit of an exaggeration for a restaurant example, but let's just use any example, okay? But you, you, you've really cared about this restaurant and you've spent a long time going to this restaurant and you love this restaurant, right? And so you, you're going to honor the fact that you're sad. You're like, this is a new cycle. There's a new manager. There's no longer pea soup. I'm going to have to see if I like Spanish food. I don't know if I like Spanish food, right? And so you're, you're sitting with this and you're honoring this. You're not trying to bypass your feeling. The embodied CEO isn't trying to pretend they don't feel anything. The embodied CEO isn't trying to pretend they've not got needs. We've talked about this. They're like, I feel sad. I feel disappointed. I wouldn't have chosen this change, right? Now, if the embodied CEO is feeling super triggered about the change, maybe the embodied CEO would sit with, you know, if there's such a big emotional reaction, maybe this is time for me to do the healer work, right? And self-inquiry. Maybe the embodied CEO is like, oh my God, I'm having quite a reaction to this. What's my relationship with change? Here's the thing. If we have a negative relationship with change, right, and we're not able to allow change, we're going to hold on to our old reality, and that's actually going to not allow your next financial level to come through. So the embodied CEO might be like, oh, I've, I'm really scared of change. I wonder where else this is showing up in my life. And then there might be their quantum leap comes from this because they have this big realization, right? So honors own emotions, one. Two, explores any trigger. Okay, we've done that. That's the self-inquiry work. Three, gives the manager grace and compassion and understanding that bringing on a new restaurant can be challenging. I want you to look at the difference of this, okay? Baby energy, embodied energy. Embodied energy, and, and let me tell you something after being in business for however long I've been in business for. There are many things that I thought I would be able to do better than I have done when I've done them for the first time. Before we have huge levels of responsibility, right? We tend to think like, oh, if I was the president, I would do this, this, and this. And if I was the manager of that, I would do this, this, and this. And because we live in a world where it's common to criticize high-positioned, um, successful people, there's a lot of people whose behavior pattern is, I would do this. Now, let me tell you, right? The more money I've had, the more responsibility I've had, the more business I've had the more I've realized I didn't fucking have a clue what I've talked about, what I was talking about before. We can have very idealized perspe perspectives and perceptions of what we would do in scenarios. And when we actually get into that scenario, they're not congruent and you wouldn't do that. People do this. Oh, if I had Bill Gates money, I would do this. You don't know. Oh, if I had that level of power, I would do this. You don't bloody know. And also you don't right? And so this is when I talk about, it's very easy to criticize and critique from the sidelines of the arena. I'm always going to back the person that's actually in the arena trying to do the fucking thing. And yes, feedback is useful. And yes, I'm not saying that everyone in the arena is doing perfectly. But if we speak to people from an energy of grace, 
I get that what you're doing is hard, compassion, they're far more likely to listen to us in the first place. Okay, so it's that baby entitled energy. I would never do that, right? How dare you do that? I would have never done that, right? Whereas the embodied CEO is like, wow, it's it's a manager position. Maybe they've never been a manager before. Like I'm going to give them grace and compassion. And, you know, if I, if I need to give feedback in a few months, I'll give feedback. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not going to kick them whilst they're clearly already stressed making a move. I'm going to see the best in them because we can choose to see the best in someone, right? And, you know, I'm going to try the gath bachelor. And so here's the thing with, with grace and compassion. We can only give others the grace and compassion that we can give ourselves. So the embodied C knows how to hold themselves with grace and compassion. And when I spoke about, and even in the marketing to the embodied CEO, I said to you guys, I've fallen, I've cried, I've mistaken my way to becoming the embodied CEO. I didn't, you know, I've, I've found, I'm going to be honest, money relatively easy. I've not found leadership easy. This has been my Achilles heel. And so through every mistake and misjudgment and pain point and struggle and everything, I've learned, fuck, I've got to give myself grace because sometimes this is hard and that's okay to say that. And actually, when I give myself grace, I'm able to give other people grace, right? And I think back to old coaches I've had and old bosses I've had and I've gone bloody hell. I didn't actually really appreciate or understand your position. You know, you do this, you know, when you're, I was a pain in the ass when I was a waitress. I was a pain in the ass. I did whatever the fuck I wanted, you know? And I look back and I think, huh, Han, (laughs) huh, that's a maturation. That's a maturation, right? Look, uh, Daniela says, okay, I've just realized I messed up. That's, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I feel called out. Five years ago, I got mad at a bike shop and wrote them bad reviews on five different um five different ones of their shops proud to say I haven't done this in a long time but this is normalized guys and it's funny because when you go onto review sites what are you going to see more reviews of you're going to see bad reviews because people don't have the habit pattern of going on and giving a good review people have got the habit pattern of going on and giving them a bad review which just says a lot about our like primary conditioning in the adults that are bringing up children in the world right and then we feel entitled to that. Now, obviously, there are situations where things can be said. And again, there is a difference between feedback. Daniela says something I wouldn't do ever again, because I know that the energy is well spent somewhere else and to look within when I get triggered. Yeah, amazing. I love your radical honesty. It's very touching. Yeah, because here's, here's, here's the thing, guys. It's like, and, and, and we can only Here's the thing, it's like leadership and growing in leadership isn't easy. It just isn't. Or my experience of it, maybe that's a belief that I need to change and you guys can be like, Hannah, I'm not taking that on. And so for me now, when I see people in leadership positions, I I give a lot of grace and I give, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to let them walk all over me. It doesn't mean that I'm going to allow unacceptable things like, you know, when the flights happened in Dubai and I arrived a day late, I gave feedback and I asked for a refund of which I wasn't given, which is fine. Um, but for example, when I wasn't allowed on those flights, I wasn't an asshole 
to them. I stated my point of, guys, I'm a day late to Dubai because of your clerical issues, right? And one of the flights I wasn't allowed on was because they put the number of my ID in wrong. So I missed my flight. But even then, kind. And kind isn't the same as people pleaser, okay? Next part of the embodied CEO, give the food a shot. Maybe it turns out I love gazpacho, right? And then two things can happen. The first thing happens is you fall in love with gazpacho and you realize that Spanish food is actually the best thing that you've ever had in your life and, and you think it's brilliant, amazing. Or you realize that gazpacho, right, isn't for you and Spanish food isn't your jam, but you have the maturity to realize that it may be for other people. You have the maturity to realize just because you don't like gazpacho doesn't mean that you have to attack the new manager, right? Now, if there are things like in the restaurant that you believe can be improved and it's going to help the restaurant, you can then give feedback in whatever channel is appropriate. So can you see that between the baby and the embodied CEO, it's not that like the embodied CEO doesn't express themselves. It's not that the embodied CEO doesn't hold back their truth. There's just a maturation. There's a maturity in the way that that is done, right? And it's coming from this evolved adult position instead of triggered child. And so the problem, and I've talked about this before, is when we've not expressed our truth our whole life, right? And then we go to express our truth. A lot of people overcorrect and it comes out like a fucking attack. And the other person feels slapped in their face. And then people justify it. They're like, I'm just speaking my truth, right? That's like me being like, I'm just practicing my free will. I punch Tam in the face every single day. Like, that's not it, right? There's a difference between speaking your truth in integrity in respect to other human beings, in the energy of compassion and grace, and being a goddamn asshole. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> and so we can watch that for in ourselves. I come up and I come from an extremely critical family, guys. And I've shared this a trillion times. And I still fall into it. So just awareness and notice, okay? But these are the things that the embodied CEO understands. Their opinion isn't the only truth. Multiple truths can exist. We're seeing this on the online community and business right now. It's like people seem to fight about whose strategy and who's right. And it's not, it's not that clean cut. Life isn't that clean cut. It's like one strategy works for another person, another strategy works for another person. But just because your strategy works for you doesn't mean that you have to prove to Joe Bloggs down the road that their strategy is wrong, right? It's like, I have a value system and someone else might have a different value system. But there's no right or wrong in that. And what's going to create problems in relationships It's when you're trying to force your value system and your worldview on someone else. And so what I think that we're learning on a planetary level right now is how can I be in a relationship and not agree with everything they think and say? You know, and I've talked about this in respect to Craig and I, who you're going to meet very soon, Craig and I have different value systems. What Craig values is different to I. There is overlap, 
right? And there is shared vision and common goal, which I think is important in a romantic relationship, but inherently we are different people. And what allows our relationship to work is Craig allows me to be me and I allow Craig to be Craig. There's so much wisdom in that, okay? The embodied CEO, and this is all part of grace, just because I don't like something does not mean that I need to tear another person down, right? You joined a coaching container and you got into the coaching container and you realized that you didn't vibe that much with the teachings. Well, you can just not vibe with the teachings and own your decision and choice to be in that container and not start a smear party, which has been a vibe on social media, right? To that coach. You can decide to invest in Bitcoin and have a really shitty experience, right? And then not slag everyone that invests in Bitcoin. Like, it doesn't mean that you have to like something that you don't like. It just means that you don't have to shit on. What's the sentence I've heard? I don't want to ick on anyone else's young. Do you know what I mean? When there's an intense emotion, you realize there's something for you to look at. The embodied CEO realizes that change is part of life. The embodied CEO realizes you can't control other people. And this is a really big one for us because a lot of people think leadership is about getting other people to do what they want to, what they want them to do. But that's not leadership. That's a dictatorship. Leadership is this is what I believe in. I'm going to lead myself. You are allowed to come with me or are you allowed to not? Right? And it doesn't mean anything about me if you come with me or not. So every time that we've pivoted the school, we've had a percentage of people that have come with us and we've had a percentage with people that have said, this is no longer in alignment. My job is not to convince the people that don't think it's in alignment to come with me. My job is to keep leading myself and, 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 and be completely emotional neutral with the people that drop off, right? You're going to go through, there you go. Yes, don't ick on my young, yes. You're going to go through a lot of seasons and cycles in life, and there's going to be seasons and cycles of friendships, of working relationships. And like, just because something peters out and it's no longer in alignment doesn't mean that person is bad or wrong. It just means that they're no longer in alignment, right? Compassion is the greatest gift that you can give another and yourself, right? We have to respect other people's choices, even if you would do it differently, right? And also there's something to be said for how much time are you spending thinking about how you do something differently if you were someone else and not spending enough time actually doing the things that you want to do in your life, you know? It's really easy to spend your whole life complaining about politicians and bankers and then not actually do anything. If you do it differently, display it. Maybe you've got the impulse to do things differently because that's your soul's calling. Let's see it, right? Here's a big thing about the embodied CEO. Be the person that you want to meet, right? Be the client that you would want to have. Be the person um, you'd want to meet if you're, if you're working at an airport. Embody the, the ideal client at the airport, right? Be the person that you would want to meet socially. Be the person that you'd want to meet. Leadership is about learning to lead yourself. It's about holding yourself to higher standards, not other people. That's big. I wanna look at this piece 
because this is really important in leadership. Circumstantial motivation versus being self-led no matter what, right? Let's look at this example. You're navigating a business pivot, okay? You need to change audience, you need to rebuild, and you notice that you're getting less engagement and sales feel harder. Some of you guys on social media might notice that engagement is down for everyone. And this is really interesting because you get to see where am I self-led no matter what, or where do I let external metrics to determine how I feel? Baby, I didn't get likes on my posts, so I'm going to stop posting. No one cares about me, right? People aren't buying gets upset on people instead of refining how they market or the, the service or whatever it is, right? Does a live event, doesn't go as planned, they burn their business to the background, they give up, they decide that there's something wrong with the business industry and having a business is wrong and money's out of integrity. Like, I understand that sometimes we have a drop in engagement or a drop in sales, there's going to be an emotional response with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're able to be radically responsible with that emotion and facing it and doing the work that you need to do, right? The embodied CEO keeps showing up. The embodied CEO keeps believing in themselves, even if engagements drops. The embodied CEO has honest self-reflection about what needs to be tweaked. Maybe there's some healer work to do because some wounds have been, you know, triggered and touched. The embodied CEO does the work, right? So likes, numbers, financial metrics don't determine self-worth. The great irony is that when we have detachment, okay, financial detachment, sorry, emotional detachment from finances, emotional detachment from being liked, emotional detachment from success, very often that's when we actually saw. When we don't need the other thing to feel a certain way, right, we're actually free to have it because resistance is gone. So notice, is my motivation circumstantial? Do I only want to post when I'm getting a trillion likes? Do I only want to sell when I've been in the sales bloody, you know, season and, and it's super easy, right? Do I only run my business and share my message when people agree? What happens when people don't agree with my message? What happens when people criticize me on a social media post? What happens when family members have different opinions? Am I still able to lead myself? That is an evolution. That is such a powerful journey that I believe that everyone, you know, maybe baby was the wrong word. Maybe the word is human being that's just started. I use baby for like dramatic value, but like, this is, this is a thing that most people need to work on, including myself. I saw this on Instagram and I'm going to share this story because I think it's fucking hilarious. And I think it just proves this point so well. I was looking for the woman who I found this post on and I can't, I couldn't find her, but I want to be really clear that this is not my words. This is not my example. I want you to imagine that you work at Starbucks. Okay. And someone comes to order a drink and they say, can I have a hot chocolate? And you say, would you like cream on that? And they say, no. Okay. Can you imagine if that Starbucks worker suddenly had a crisis? Fuck. She hates me because she said no to cream. No one wants cream anymore. Maybe I should completely reinvent the hot chocolate because she said no, right? Maybe 
maybe I shouldn't sell cream. And, and, and then, then the Starbucks worker has a crisis for the next month. And after the next month, she only comes back and offers people cream, right? When she's absolutely sure they're going to say yes, because she can't handle the no and the rejection. This is how a lot of people are leading their businesses, right? It's circumstantial. I only want to do it if it's a yes. I only want to do it if I know I'm going to win. I only want to do it if I can guarantee the result. I only want to do it if everyone's cheering me on, right? And so this happens, you know, when we, when we need validation, that's when we create these goddamn fucking huge stories when someone says no. And the truth is, whoever said no to the cream, they just don't like cream. And all the stories that went on in the Starbucks lady's head are hers. But she's going to project them on the lady that didn't go want cream. There are going to be people in your business and your life that don't like your message, that don't resonate with your message. And that's fine. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Just like we don't need to make that lady like cream, you don't need to make everyone like you and understand your product. When someone says no to your product, they're just saying, I don't want cream. They're not saying, I hate you. The embodied CEO knows how to take a no. The embodied CEO is okay when they share something to the world and there are crickets. The embodied CEO knows how to navigate their emotions when there's a rejection. And again, there is work here. Victim versus creator. You guys will have heard me talk about this a lot. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I've spoken about this in various teachings and various lives, right? But the victim versus creator, it's like, I haven't made money this year. This is the example. Okay. I feel like everyone else is ahead of me. My journey is too slow. I've been investing, but it doesn't seem to work for me. Everyone else in all the groups that I join get bigger results than me. That's the situation, okay? The baby decides that business is bad, that the coaching business is out of integrity, beats themselves up, melts into a pile of sad goop for the rest of the year, telling themselves that next year will be the year, right? Or looks for someone to save them, okay? Can I find the, the course of the program that's going to save me? They invest in the energy of like, can you take away my suffering from the present moment? Spends hours thinking about all of the time that they failed. That's really victim, isn't it? What is victim? It's like, I'm in this situation. I don't like this situation. I don't have the power to change. I'm going to search for the, for the, for the answer outside myself, right? Or to make myself feel better, I'm going to make up some large story about how I didn't want it so I don't have to feel bad. Baby, victim. Creator, right? They just have a sad day. Oh, I'm not where I want it to be. I'm just going to have a sad day. I'm going to allow myself to cry. I'm going to allow myself to feel the frustration, right? And the next day I'm going to pull, I was going to say, I was going to pull my knickers up. I don't know if you guys ever do that, but you can see that I'm English. I'm going to pull, you know, put, puts their big girl pants on and remembers that they're a badass fucking creator and their thoughts create their life. So they're going to think some really good fucking thoughts that are in alignment to the results that they want for the rest of the year, right? What does the creator do? It's like doubles down on practices. Okay, I've not had the result that I wanted so far this year. But there's a trillion days left of the year, right? 
doubles down on gratitude for already exists, makes investments, right? But not from the energy of please save me, makes (laughs) energy, sorry, makes investments from the energy of like, I always win. I know that this investment is going to work for me because I always win, right? Goes and buys a dress and moisturizes and remembers that life is okay. Because sometimes when we're in the pity party, what we actually just need is a glass of water and we're going to be fine. You don't have to buy a dress, but it's something that I do that makes me feel that I get into that beautiful self-image, right? Moisturizing. If I actually ever moisturize my legs, it's a very rare occasion, but I suddenly feel like this slick, sexy dolphin. I can take on the world, right? Do whatever you do that makes you feel empowered. Go listen to music really loud in your car. Go for a run. Go for an ecstatic dance, right? And when they're feeling emotionally neutral and loved up by themselves, right? They're not looking for love externally. They go through the last six months and ask themselves, honestly, okay, what in me created these results? Was it because I spent the last six months thinking that my business was going to break and die and I was never going to make the money? Was it because I didn't actually stick to my strategy? Was it because I still don't have a strategy? Was it because I do a strategy for one month and then the next month I change strategy and I wonder why it doesn't work? Is it because I don't actually believe in my business? Like, you know, once you've done all of the works to neutralize yourself, you need to be able to honestly look at your life and your business and reassess and clean shit up, right? Then I put here, clean shit up, let's go of timeline. Pick's goal, let's go of timeline, right? Doesn't matter, If you're creating wealth over a lifetime, it doesn't matter if that happens tomorrow or in 10 years. I saw another post by a coach that I love and and her, her post is like, you know, I did everything that I wanted to do by 29 by 39. And guess what? It does not fucking matter. It doesn't. We're such in a rush to get to our goals but what happens after the goal? Like you're gonna keep living. The the tomorrows are gonna keep coming. It's no rush. Enjoy, smell the roses on the way. It's gonna fucking happen because it's inevitable, right? Uh, Slick, sexy dolphin. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else moisturizes and feels like a sexy dolphin, but that was definitely my vibe, right? Rejection versus acceptance. And this is a really interesting one that I think really comes up for entrepreneurs and has definitely come up for me. I'm just gonna take a sip of water. So when I mean rejection, I mean rejection of present moment, okay? Uh, Daniela says, I feel like I'm doing a lot to neutralize the work. And when I joined the school of IH, it's a massive quantum leap, which was so amazing. And now I really feel like a new human. Yeah, you, you, Daniela, you've blown Tamsin and I's mind. Yeah. So many learnings along the way, feeling like I'm stepping more and more into my queen energy. I, I really feel, honestly, Daniela, that you've navigated everything from a solid queen placement. It was also messy, of course, but why is messy wrong? Why is messy bad? Why are we, we're so against messy, but messy is, messy is the process. Like if we don't want mess, we're not gonna change anything. Like when we pivoted the school of IH, it was messy and there is nothing wrong with that, right? Order is born from chaos. It's a law of the universe. It's our problem with the mess that comes up. Yeah, Tamsin said with so much grace. Honestly, Daniela, you've held it phenomenally. So when I talk about rejection, I'm not talking about rejection of someone else. I'm talking about rejection of the present moment. And this is so big, guys, okay? It looks like this shouldn't be happening, right? This shouldn't be happening. 
I should be further ahead. I hate my home. I hate being single. I wish this strategy worked faster. This shouldn't be happening. I'm a good person and I didn't deserve this. Okay. Let's break this down. This shouldn't be happening. This can really fuck our nervous systems. And I've been in this, right? And this happened for me when we went through the pivot, right? This shouldn't be happening. Um, it should have looked different. We should have done, you know, after we did the pivot, I was like, I suddenly realized that we should have done a lot of things in a different way of which we didn't do because I didn't know because I'd never done it before. Okay. And that locked my nervous system on. So when we've got a belief of this shouldn't be happening, what your unconscious mind is saying, this shouldn't be happening. And your unconscious mind sees that as an alert, right? And so when there's alert, your unconscious mind wants to generate energy so you can find a solution. So what happens when you're in this shouldn't be happening, right? Your nervous system is on alert trying to look for a solution and you're in fight or flight, which means that you're unable to think clearly and focus, okay? So when we're in a rejection of the present moment, this shouldn't be happening, I should be further ahead kind of vibe. What we want to do is we want to do nervous system relaxation stuff. We maybe want to do inner child stuff. Um, there's loads of processes that I did to get me out of fight or flight. And it's only when I got out of flight or flight that I could start thinking coherently again and start having good ideas. Okay. So just be aware of that. If you do feel like you're in a vibe right now, when you're in a rejection, the present moment, psychedelic breath, parasympathetic nervous system in um, parasympathetic nervous system practices. So the breath works with Tamsin, the parasympathetic activators, uh, what else do we have in the school? The hypnoses are very helpful, um, which is why we keep throwing them in. So you get a regular practice. Uh, lots of Tam can tap you in. Emotion code clearing, the embodiment work, like all of that's going to really support you. Okay. But rejection of your present moment can also look like, I wish I had a bigger home and I hate my home. And your dominant vibration is I hate my home and I hate my life. Like so many entrepreneurs are trying to build an extraordinary life and they're holding the vibration. I hate my life. Like there's no way that you can manifest more, right? If you don't fall in love with what you've already got. To give you a description about Craig and I, right? Craig didn't come into my life until I was utterly joyfully peaceful of being single. I had no, I could have been single for three more years and I would have been sweet, like honestly. And that's when he could drop in, right? You'll find in business when you're super joyful about how much you've got in your bank account, even if it's five euros, suddenly 10K painful comes in, right? Same if you're trying to scale to multi six figure savings. When you're happy with your 80K in the bank, boom more can suddenly come in, right? When we resist our present moment, we push away our desires, okay? And so that's why the traditional entrepreneurial path where people hustle and force, right? And they're trying to force a result without dealing with their inner shit. That's why it can be experienced as really fucking hard, okay? Another way that we can resist the present moment is I wish the strategy worked faster. Well, it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? And what are you going to do? The more you think that is you're going to slow it down. Okay. Now, rejection, the present moment can also tap into entitlement, which is baby entrepreneur energy. This shouldn't be happening to me. I'm a good person. I didn't deserve this. Right. When my mum got diagnosed with cancer, that was everyone's response. We shouldn't be suffering in this way. Right. Mum, mum shouldn't be ill. She's a good person. My grandma, she still says this. You know, there are so many bad people on planet Earth. They should have cancer, not Christina, because Christina 
was a good person. And it's this weird thing that we do. I didn't deserve this. I'm good. And yet life be life in. Do you know what I mean? Life be life in. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. It just does. We live, we die, there are divorces, there are breakups, there are things that go well in business, there are things that go less well, we fall, we get up. The more that we can come to peace with life and the less that we can reject the things that happen in our life and see them as an opportunity for healing and growth, the less we're going to suffer. Buddhists say this, pain is part of life, suffering is a choice. And suffering happens when we resist our present moment and what's in it. I want to bring this conversation back to Tamsin. Tamsin doesn't have a fucking intestine, okay? Tamsin's like, here she fucking goes again. But Tamsin doesn't have an intestine, okay? Now imagine if Tamsin had spent her whole life pissed off and entitled, right? I wish I had an intestine. Everyone else got an intestine. What did I do at seven years old to not have an intestine? Tamsin wouldn't have created, right? The most beautiful life that she has. There was something that had to happen in Sam Tam's consciousness to be like, I don't have an intestine. And maybe that's not fair. But sometimes life is not fair. And I don't have an intestine. So I'm going to mourn this and I'm going to feel what I feel about this, but I'm going to come to terms with this. I'm going to come to peace with this. And then I'm going to ask myself, okay, what do I want to create in my unintestined life? Oh, I want to create fucking sparkly spangly health. That's what she did. But it only could happen when she came to peace with the present moment. When we're in a breakup, right? Well, it's lack of acceptance. I wish we hadn't broken up. I wish the other person wasn't this way, but they are, and you did. Right? I wish that I'd made more money this year, but you didn't. So there's a lot less suffering if we can just be like, this is what's happened, and that's okay. Because we can't change the past. We cannot change the past. All we can do is accept the past, forgive ourselves, forgive anyone else, and think about what do I want to create in the future by changing my present moment. That's where all of your power lies. And so the baby lives in rejection, in frustration, Life is bad, poor me. And then they do nothing about it. They're in this pissed off, I'm not happy with what I've got vibration. So then they just get, I'm not happy with what I've got results. Blames everything except them. I, be, I believe that it's a huge part of our spiritual journey as human beings that want more, desire more, love more, are here to do big things to fall in love with the ever unfolding present moment, non-circumstantially, whether it's you're hitting a financial milestone or you're grieving the loss of a loved one. That's big, that's big work guys. And it makes the difference because remember at the school of IH, it's not just about how can I make the most more money possible? It's about how can I live a big, extraordinary, beautiful life? that nourishes me physically, emotionally, mentally, on a soul and energetic level. The embodied CEO notices when rejection rears its head and does the work that they need to do there. The embodied CEO, right, does not notice the rejection and then rejects the rejection. Do you know what I mean? 
Because the baby would be like, oh, I noticed that I'm rejecting my present moment. And now I'm going to be pissed off at myself and not accept myself for rejecting the present moment. That's not it. Then you're just going to be in a rejection loop. And then you probably blame the teaching, right? But it's actually, you're just like a shark biting its tail, going in circles. No, the embodied CEO notices, oh, I'm rejecting my present moment. I wonder what I believe is unacceptable. Can I accept it? And this is a forever journey of you accepting parts of life. So let's go to my mom's passing. Can I accept death? Can I accept my mortality? Can I accept that my loved ones may die? I'm going to have feelings about it. Feelings are different to acceptance. Can I accept that business sometimes is going to be a winning streak and sometimes I'm going to have to hone my leadership? Can I accept that sometimes people don't like me? Can I accept sometimes I will post something and it won't gain any traction because maybe it's just, it's not something that other people believe in. Maybe it's cream for a person that doesn't like cream. It's like, can I open all of the doors to my psyche? And it's even before love and just accept they exist. Yeah, Craig's here. He's like, babe, we're going to start. Five minutes, babe. Thank you. I'll come grab, grab you, yeah. Okay. New bodied CEO must understand they have to fall in love with their life, their house, their marital status right now before they can create anything else, right? And I think I shared this on the laws. You know, I share where I was four years ago, earning 300 euros a month, living in a crappy little flat, like not a good relationship with the masculine. And I was happy and I liked it. And my whole thing was like, how can it get better? My whole thing wasn't, this is really bad. I'm unworthy, the fact that I'm broke. Like, no, I was chuffed because I got to I got to go for a run in the evenings. I got my first dog and, you know, I got to heal all these wounds and I did my shamanic training. There was nothing wrong with my life. It was good. right? And I've said this a trillion times before, I'm not more worthy because I have more money. I'm not more worthy because I have a Craig. I'm not more worthy because of anything. I get to love my life now and I get to want more. So exciting to know Craig, dropping that bagel in. Final one, okay? Excuses versus commitment. And I haven't taught this for a while because I felt this was a super masculine teaching. And I used to feel maybe that I would neutralize my self-expression around these more masculine teachings until I've come to peace with, well, it's actually my truth and it's how I've built, right? Excuses look like I don't have time. I haven't watched the dog because my dog ate my homework. I can't do that because... Uh, my teacher didn't like me in my first grade. It's too hard. It's not my fault. Like we create excuses all of the time. I create excuses all of the time. But responsibility is of every single word that we say and every story that we tell ourselves, right? It's like, are you in the school of IH and you're utilizing the resources, right? That's commitment. I don't care if you guys are on the lives with me. I don't care if you're watching the replays. I don't care if you're watching the podcast. 
right? But you actually committed to implementing and doing the work. Daniela, right, who's here with me live, like, fucking committed. That's why she's getting the results. That's how she's managed to birth a business, get two jobs. I don't even fucking know all of the extraordinary things that she's done. Bounce around the world. Go meet Jessica V, sorry, P, in um, the States. Because she's committed. Right? But she could have said, oh, the lives at the wrong time for me. I would have preferred it in this formatting. I don't have time to do that because here's the truth with time. And we talked about time on the energetic accelerator, right? We talked about time on the energetic accelerator. We're not victims to time. We can use different language. That's not a priority. I actually decided to not watch the recordings today because they're not a priority. My other priority is to do this. That's very different to saying I don't have time. Let me tell you something about how committed I am to my practices. It does not matter if I've slept four hours. It does not matter if I've had to take my dog to the vet and I've missed a whole day of work. It does not matter, right? Anything. My practices and my inner work gets done. That's non-circumstantial commitment. It does not matter if there's, if I have a breakup, because this is how committed I am to you in the business. You've seen me teach through a breakup. You see me teach when I've been navigating personal things. Sometimes you've known, sometimes you've not known. Because I'm absolutely committed to this. And that doesn't mean that there might not be, I think we postponed an energetic accelerator later because of the Maya and the vet situation, right? It doesn't mean that I don't hold any humanity to myself. But I know my success, this business, it's a priority. My well-being and spaciousness is a priority and they coexist, right? And my commitment to both is strong, which is why I would never say I don't have time. I always have time to look after myself and work. Always. Because they're my priorities. So we have to be really, really aware of where we're diluting our power. We have to be really, really aware of where we're bullshitting ourselves. And instead of saying, I've just not been committed enough. I'm not sure if I'm all in. We say, oh, I realize actually I've not been that committed. And now I realize why I've not been getting the results that I want because I've not actually been that committed. And I'm going to pull that up. You know, let's say you're doing a launch and instead of actually doing your action steps, going through MDB1, making notes, like getting shit done for three months, you prioritize sitting on a beach. There's nothing wrong with that if you've decided that your commitment to life right now is beach sitting. But there is if you've decided that you're committed to building a business and then you don't actually build the business. And you see a lot of people say this, like you either have excuses or results. And there is a level of truth to this. Okay. Now, the way the reason that I'm I'm tentative with this is because 
sometimes we don't have results because momentum's building. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's a season and it's a cycle, right? And because I really don't want you guys to take any of these teachings and be an asshole to yourself. But what I do want you to take from these teachings is, can I be true? Can I be truthful? Can I actually look at myself with emotional neutrality and be like, oh, yeah, I actually, I didn't commit. I was one foot in and one foot out. A lot of people on social media, because a dream's been sold of you can have everything that you want doing nothing, have an expectation that they can make a million and not do anything at all. And that's actually, that's not true. You can create a business from pleasure and from flow and from ease, but you're still doing shit. There's still effort, right? So I want you to ask yourself, where am I making excuses instead of just leaving it, right? And we have this on the free event. On day one of the free event, we've got like 30 people. And I'm like, and I do my thing and you guys know, and I'm like, who's all in? And we'll have like, all in, all in, all in, all in, all in, all in, all in. I say five. You know, out of the 30 people that said they were going to do all the homeworks, we'll get three or four. So it's just a reality check, right? Baby is. I've got a lot of excuses and I've not got a lot of results. Embodied CEOs, I'm clear on my life vision. I'm clear on my needs. I'm clear on my priorities. I'm clear on my yes or no. I'm tapped into my personal power and I'm committed no matter what. Now, for some of you guys, it might be like you're in a season where your business is your number one priority. And then, you know, your commit, your commitment and your actions is going to look differently. For some people, you might be a season in life where actually just resting and regulating is your number one priority, right? And then you don't need to feel guilty about any of the stuff because you come number one and you're going to make your decisions from that. Or it might be that you want to hold both unanimously. But don't trick yourself by saying there's not enough time for both because they're is.